Acts chapter 16, if you'll take your Bibles and turn there tonight, Acts in chapter number 16, as we stand in honor of God's Word. <clears throat> it is overwhelming to see how God leads us and works in our lives, and I hope to be a help to each and every one here tonight in that regard. Um, a few moments ago, Brother Stephen said, you know, that the Lord has done this. There's no way that any of us could orchestrate our lives in a way that uh, like God does. It's just, it is overwhelming. It truly is when you follow the Lord's leadership. And that's what we're going to read about here in Acts chapter number 16. And so let's look now at verse number one. As Paul and Silas are going about the cities, uh, the uh, churches of Galatia to deliver to them what had been determined in the Jerusalem council, as often we know it in chapter number 15, there's a big question about uh, do you have to keep the law in order to be saved? Well, the answer is absolutely no. The, there's no way you could keep the law. It's salvation's only by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they made recommendations and guidance uh, for the, the Gentile believers that were now in Galatia. And so that's what they're doing. So they're going back through some of those cities that they had visited on the first missionary journey. So we pick up the reading now in verse number one. It says, Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek, <clears throat> which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go with, forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Verse number four, and as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders, which were at Jerusalem. And so, notice this, so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. That's a blessing. The churches, they grew, the people in the churches grew, and then also the church itself grew. That's what it's saying. It's expanded its growth. There's more people added to the church. In fact, it was daily they were added there. <clears throat> now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, does that strike you odd? They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost. You think, well, Surely the Holy Spirit would want them to go to Asia, and he did. Eventually they did go to parts of Asia, but just not right then. After they were come to Mycenae, they essayed, or they attempted, they endeavored, they essayed to go into Bithynia, which would have been to the northeast. Asia, southwest, most likely Bithynia, northeast. But, notice this, verse number seven, but... The Spirit suffered them not. So they, they couldn't go to the southwest. They weren't allowed to go to the northeast. And they, passing by Mycenae, came to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Verse 10 and after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Notice this now. This is interesting. Assuredly gathering, 
Assuredly gathering, as they, that's collectively, they discussed it among themselves as a missionary team. Assuredly gathering, putting all this together, piecing it together, we might say. Yeah, there it is. You know, when, when you're making a decision, you, you piece some things together. You look at things and, and you, under, you, you reason, you think, uh, and you see how things are coming together. Assuredly gathering here that the Lord, watch this, had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. And that they did. And thus the church was established as Lydia was saved in, in I almost said the Philippines, in Philippi. Uh, Lydia was saved in, in Philippi. Uh, the Philippian jailer, of course, and then the servant, the demonically possessed young lady was saved and a, a church was started. And thus we're on Wednesday nights, we're studying the book of Philippians because Paul and the missionary team followed the Holy Spirit of God to go where the Spirit of God led them to go. And so the title of the message tonight is this, Partners in His Harvest. We are partners in His harvest. Starting new sending churches. Starting, I hope you'll get the vision for that. Starting new sending churches. I mean, think about the opportunity that is before us here tonight. Starting new sending churches. Churches, I'm going to run that by you one more time. Starting new sending churches. That's the goal. Starting new sending churches. May God bless the reading of his word. We're going to get right to it here tonight. I would imagine that uh, many of you tonight are seeking God's guidance in your life and leadership. And certainly we all should be. Uh, open and sensitive to the Spirit's leadership, the Holy Spirit of God, member of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit of God, of course, is God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit of God is actively at work today. Uh, I don't believe that we need to be fearful of the Holy Spirit. We certainly shouldn't allow uh, groups that do weird stuff to cause us to shy away from acknowledging that the Holy Spirit of God is still the superintendent of world missions and that he's actively involved and, and we're to pray. Jesus taught us to pray unto the Lord of the harvest that he, the Lord of the harvest, would send forth laborers into his harvest. And as you read through the book of Acts and you see the way that he does that is by the Spirit of God separating me, Paul and Barnabas, for example, in chapter number 13, for the work whereunto I've called them. And then in chapter 13, it also says, they being sent forth by the church. Well, they were sent forth by the Holy Spirit and they were sent forth by the church. And it's a joint effort there. It's, it's us sending, but it's the Holy Spirit of God saying, I want you to come and serve. In Acts chapter number eight, the Spirit of God told Philip to go and that's one of your very first lessons and, and messages that he, he preached that and taught that one in all the adult classes, right? Pretty much. And uh, he really fine-tuned that message. That's a good one, Brother Stephen. You, keep, you kept preaching that until it got right on, you know? And, and, uh, but he preaching about the, uh, the Philippian um, eunuch that was there and, and, uh, and, and that he needed to be saved. And, and so, what did I say? The Philippian eunuch? <laughs> Ethiopian eunuch. Some of you didn't catch that. I slid that right by you or you did and you're just being gracious. I don't know. But 
the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip was there and the Spirit of God told Philip, go talk to him. And he did. He ran to his chariot. All right, we got it straight now? Okay. The Spirit of God does, but I don't, right? So. But I'm just saying, when you read the book of Acts and, and you read on into the epistles, you're going to see that the Holy Spirit of God is actively at work in our lives. He indwells us. He seals us. He keeps us. He guides us. He leads us. He helps us. He comforts us. I mean, the Holy Spirit of God, thank, thank God that the Holy Spirit of God is actively involved in all of our lives. Listen, don't think tonight that this message is just for this missionary couple that's going out. No, the Spirit of God's at work in your life. When you go to work tomorrow, the Spirit of God will help you know that you ought to speak to this individual and give you the boldness and the ability to do so. And, and so the Spirit of God is not limited to working in the lives of pastors and missionaries and full-time Christian workers. No, He works in everybody's life that is saved by Him. So we all need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we need to be seeking his leadership. And I would imagine that there are many of you that are here and you're seeking God's leadership. I know that we have some that are, that are uh, high school, uh, perhaps seniors this year, and you ought to be seeking God's leadership. And let, 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 me just, let me just issue a challenge here tonight. Here this year we've had, I, it feels like to me, more missionaries that have come off the foreign field due to age or due to health or due to changes in their circumstances. And there's a lot of missionaries coming off the field. And I just want to exhort everybody here, young, young and old alike, that listen, we need to be sensitive because it's not like God is, has ceased calling people to the mission field. And so we need to have a heart that says, God, if you want me to serve you in foreign missions in whatever capacity it is, then I want to do that. And every one of us ought to be sensitive about that and open to God's leadership in that way, including this pastor right here. I mean, if God made it clear to me that I want you to go to India now, then I want to be of a, a sound mind that I'd say, Holy Spirit of God, that's exactly what I want to do, should God call. But I, I believe I'm supposed to be here as far as I can tell and know that, but I'm open to it. Now, I'm, my allergies are telling me you ought not leave the state of Oklahoma. So I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you, folks, listen, the need is so great in the world for the gospel to go to the people that have never heard that we, everyone, everyone, if we'd let God just mobilize us and maybe we, we, we would not increase our seating capacity and build another big auditorium, that's not the goal. Maybe what God's wanting to do is increase our sending capacity, that we'd send more missionaries to the field. And I thank God tonight that we, that we are now the sending church for, I believe it's 20 missionaries, some of them home, some of them, you know, of course, foreign. I'm thank God for that. But may God raise up more. Amen. May God send more. Uh, the Hainlines are doing their internship right now and praying about Kenya and South Sudan and that region of the world. And, and with their five girls, two, adding them two by two right now. Hey, it's wonderful. I thank God for that because there's a need for more missionaries to go to the field. I, I'm just simply saying, I don't think God has done calling people to the mission field. And we need to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And, and some, he's going to call some to leave their current ministry. And that doesn't mean this. That doesn't mean that there's not a need here. In fact, I'd, I'd love for the Landys to still be here and the McQueens to still be here and the Trimbles to still be here and Dave McCracken to be here full time. I mean, it would, it would change our services. But for, for all these that we send out, it'd be wonderful. I mean, if we had the 20 that were here, I believe there's enough to, to do that right here in our own city to go around. 
I mean, you, you think about it, Paul and Barnabas, they were, they were there in Antioch. Do you realize that Antioch itself was, was 500,000 people in Antioch? I mean, they could have just stayed there the rest of their life and been just fine and found plenty to do in Antioch. But the Holy Spirit of God said, I want you to go on the mission trip. And they did. They did what God told them to do. That's the bottom line. I mean, even where Timothy was in Lystra. I mean, it was a needy city. He could have spent the rest of his life there in Lystra and had plenty to do there. And, and surely there's enough people right here in Oklahoma City that we could merit starting some churches and maybe God would lead us to do so even within Oklahoma City. You see, because uh, missiologists, people that study missions, they say, you know, for rural areas, you, you, need, you need one church for every 400 to 600 people. Okay, uh, and let me make sure I'm getting my numbers right. Yes, that's exactly right. One church for 400 to 600 people in rural areas. In metropolitan areas, cities, uh, you need one church, an active soul winning church. Now, there is a lot of churches that gather that are not active soul winning churches. There are some that gather that are church in name only. But they're not authorized by, by what Jesus and his doctrine and all those things. But, but listen to this. Just trying to establish here a fact that the, the trembles, you all could just stay here and your family would be in favor of that if God was in favor of that. Am I right? Right, I knew that. But they say that one church for every 1,000 to 1,500 people. So for example, everybody following this? So for a city of 4,000, then you'd need four gospel preaching churches. For a city of 40,000, 40 gospel preaching churches. According to the 2019 U.S. Census Bureau report, Oklahoma City proper has 643,692 people living right here in Oklahoma City. Now, I don't know if that's exactly the right number. I haven't counted them all, but I've seen a bunch of them. So obviously it's safe to say there's nearly 700,000 people you know, that live here in the metro. And then when you add the surrounding areas, we're a, a city of a million people, but let's just say the 600, 643,000 plus people. So technically, technically, according to, to what some say, to have an active soul winning church, then we could technically start 642 more churches right here. Of our population in Oklahoma City proper, there's over 100,000 people, 17%, they say, 17% that are Hispanic, Spanish speaking. So there's a good Spanish speaking church just down the road from us at 59th and May, but that means that we could start 99 more Spanish speaking churches. I'm just simply saying there's plenty of work to do right here. So why would the Spirit of God then call a family away from here to go to Minden now? Why? Why would the Trimbles leave Oklahoma City? Why would they leave Oklahoma City and go to the Philippines? We have wonderful Filipino people right here. I, I love our Filipino uh, segment of our congregation and they're teaching me to say uh, magandang gabi, I think, is that right? Good evening. <laughs> okay, I just know two other phrases, that's it. <laughs> but I do know Ponset and Lumpia. Can I get a witness right here? Brother Seth has been there to the Philippines. He knows what I'm talking about. Some good food right there. Chicken adobo. Huh? I mean, those are some good reasons maybe to consider the Philippines. <laughs> but it's bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah. The bottom line is this. The bottom line even is not geography. The bottom line is not necessarily culture. The bottom line is not necessarily language. The bottom line is this, the Holy Spirit of God saying, I want you to go. 
Spirit of God led Paul and, and Silas here to go. And, and, and what you're seeing over and over is this, is that, is that God was guiding them, the Spirit of God was leading them, and they obeyed. The Spirit led them and they obeyed. The Spirit led them and they obeyed. The Spirit led them and they obeyed. And they kept growing. And the churches were strengthened. People grew in the churches. God is interested in, in your spiritual growth. And the one reason that we ought to be so faithful to church is that we might grow spiritually. That you might be able to come to church and be fed spiritually. And learn new things. And be challenged and be helped and, and that you grow as an individual. But then also that we have a friend day and we see people come. There's a man that came back from friend day. What a blessing. I believe we had three saved in the junior high today. Is, is that right? Three saved in junior high that maybe came by bus. And so that's expansion growth, okay? So watch this. There's internal growth that we experience as church members. And then there's expansion growth as the church grows and we add more Sunday school classes and we add more, uh, more seating and all that. That's expansion growth. But watch this. Not only is internal growth and expansion growth needed, but also watch, sometimes somebody's got to go over to another place and extend the growth to a new location where there's not a gospel preaching church. That's extension growth. And extension growth just simply means this. We're extending the opportunity to hear the gospel, be saved, be baptized, and grow in a Bible preaching church to a brand new area. And thus we extended the growth over 40 miles or so to the east to Shawnee. And a church is thriving. A church is growing there. Well, guess what? They have a mind to do. They have a mind to do what the Spirit of God is telling them to do to start other churches. Watch this. We started a sending church. And up in Edmond tonight at Lighthouse Baptist Church, there's a church there pastored by Brother Russ Bishop that is a sending church, that's sending a missionary to Croatia. We, by the grace of God, following the Holy Spirit of God, started a sending church. We're a sending church that started a sending church. I mean, really, if, if we would put a business mind to this, if we could just, just for a moment, if we would just even think in terms of business, just think what a wonderful opportunity we have to be a sending church that's starting other sending churches. And the multiplication of this. I mean, maybe you're getting excited about some of the other companies that are moving here into Oklahoma City. Maybe some of you are excited about Dutch Brothers or, and, and you, you think about coffee and how serious they are about coffee and such. Man, you get excited about that. If you've ever been up in the northwest part of, the, of, our, of our country, then maybe you've had Dutch Brothers. It's brand new here and they're moving to the east and you're thinking, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I knew I'd get a testimony right there somewhere. Well, maybe some of you get excited about Bucky's starting to open up new gas stations. Have you ever been to a Bucky's? I mean, a Bucky's is a big deal. How many of you have been to Bucky's? Oh, my soul. That was nearly all of you. They're starting a Bucky's in Smith Grove, Kentucky. Man, my boys are so excited about that because when we go home, we get to go to Bucky's. We get to go to a gas station. It is not your ordinary gas station. We can get excited about some of these things that are coming in new areas, but the thing that we ought to get most excited about is really two things. One, as new families are started and people are being born and, 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 and I'm talking about, hey, because God still puts his, his approval on families. Getting started new, new I, just, I just saw some pictures of students, uh, a young man that, that got down on one knee. Huh? 
And, and he wasn't praying. <laughs> I bet he did this a lot before he did that then. I get excited about new couples. I get excited about new families starting. I get excited about twins being born. I get excited about singles being born. <laughs> it's wonderful. But I also get excited about churches being born. And what we're praying is that God would take the trembles and move them there to the Philippines where, where they can learn uh, the language and the culture. And, and, I, and Brother Stephen, you've got such an ad advantage that you already know the language, but getting used to using it all the time again, I would imagine, would be challenging for me. I know it'd be tough for me if I went back to Kentucky to begin speaking the language again. And so I can only imagine in your case what it would be like, you know. But, but then Whitney, we're praying for you. As you learn the language, you've already started to learn the language. And as the boys, I mean, they're just going to naturally do so. And, and so there's so much advantage there, but I, but, but here's the thing I'm getting at tonight is that, that when, when Paul and Barnabas, I'm sorry, Paul, that didn't work. Paul and Silas, they mended it later. Paul and Silas, when, when they followed the spirit's leadership, then they were kind of thrown off. And every now and then when we follow the spirit's leadership, sometimes we think, well, why couldn't we go to Asia? They wanted to go to the South, to the Southwest. And why couldn't we go to, Beth you're looking at it otherwise to the Northeast, to Bithynia. Well, the Spirit of God was saying it's time to go to Philippi, to Macedonia. And they assuredly gathered. It was individual leadership in Paul's life, but he talked about it with those that were closest to him. You see, God's leadership, listen to this very carefully. God's leadership is not just in your life individually, but he's put some people around you that are family, that are ascending team, that are friends, that are people that you ought to counsel with. And so yes, God's leadership is individually, but it also is corporately. And we are corporately as a church family agreeing that the Spirit of God has put his hand upon this family and that he wants to send them to the, to the Philippines where the gospel then could be further extended to the people that need to be reached there because there's internal growth, expansion growth, extension growth, and then even bridging growth that grows cross-culturally. But when they went to the West... I'm talking about Paul and Silas and Timotheus. When they went to the West, it's like the gospel got a new hub and it started moving West. You realize that? The gospel went West and then from the West, it went further West into England and Scotland, Europe, and that became, listen, listen just a moment, that became the churches there, became soul winning, church planting, evangelism. I mean, they were aflame with it. And even some of them experienced God leading in ways they didn't expect. For example, David Livingston was hoping to go to China, but God led him to Africa and he went. William Carey, thought he was going to go to the Polynesia Islands in the southeast, but he ended up in India. Adoniram Judson thought that he would be in India, but God led him to Burma or to Myanmar now. In other words, sometimes you think 
that God may be leading you in one way and then he shows you a different direction. I thought for sure that we would be in India eating a lot of curry. But we're in Oklahoma and I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Do you know you're where you're supposed to be? The gospel moved west. And then watch this. Now this is, this is wonderful. From the west... Missionaries went to Africa, missionaries went to Asia, missionaries went to North America, missionaries went to Central America, missionaries went to South America, missionaries went to Oceania that we prayed for tonight. I mean, men and women alike and families followed the Spirit's leadership from that hub, from England, from Scotland, from Ireland. I mean, they were aflame with the gospel. And then it moved further west. And it came to North America. And during the 1800s, but especially in the 1900s, the United States and churches in the United States were aflame with the gospel. And churches were started out of churches right here from the United States everywhere around the globe, in Africa and in Asia and Russia and China. I mean, people were going everywhere with the gospel. But there is one place in particular that seemed to get a lot of attention and it seemed to have a lot of fruit. And had a missionary that would say things like this, go out on a limb, because that's where the fruit is. Do the impossible, he said. Do the impossible. There's not much competition there. I see islands. I see people on those islands. I see people on those islands for whom people don't care. But I care and, and God cares. And I'm praying that God would give us the Philippines. And he had a burden for the Philippines. And he said, some of you are waiting for a call to go to the mission field. Here's your call. There's a call come ringing or the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Missionary Bob Hughes spent his 40 Five years, 44 years until cancer took him home to heaven, sending out Bibles as much as he could, starting churches where he could and, and seeing God do a great work in the Philippines. Listen tonight, and I believe that the Philippines and South Korea is now the new scene where the gospel is going forth. And we have the opportunity as a church right here in Oklahoma to send another family to the Philippines. And it's like the gospel. Have you noticed where we went from Jerusalem that it began to move west and it moved into Europe and it's moved now into into North America and it's moved into the Philippines and it's moved into the South Korea and it's now coming almost full circle all the way around the globe in terms of where the sending churches really are. It could be, I'm just, I am not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but I'm saying this, it could be that we're on the final frontier of all this and the gospel is about to make a full circle and that's better than any wave that's ever started in any stadium. Have you ever been a part of that? As you start that wave and everybody's doing their part and it moves its way all the way around. It's almost like this, folks. I'm just simply saying, it's like the gospel has made it its way almost all the way around and now it's the Philippines that is really one of the, the prime sending agencies or sending churches are found in the Philippines and people from the Philippines are getting into the Middle East. They're getting into places like the UAE. They're getting into places of where we're restricted to get into. They're getting into places in, in the Southeast Asia. They're getting into places where you and I would have a hard time, but the Filipino people can get in there. And we have the opportunity to start sending churches. That's exciting. 
What does all this mean? It means this. Every one of us tonight need to be sensitive to the Spirit's leadership in our lives. Just as much as God has called them to go, God has called us to stay. And to be faithful where we are. Soul winning where we are. Speaking to people where we are. Adding to this church. Growing, seeing God grow this church. Seeing God grow you. And then God might say to you, I want you to go to this town in Oklahoma and start a church. God may say to you, I want you to go to this foreign country and start a church. Hey, he's the spirit of God. We just follow him. And here's what happens. When individuals and sending churches follow the spirit's leadership, through that, he starts other sending churches and the gospel moves. And we get to be a part of it. Are you being sensitive to God's leadership in your life? It all starts right there. Being sensitive to the Spirit's leadership in your life. And I know the family very well now. First time I think I introduced Brother Stephen, I think I introduced him as Stephen Freeman. Is that right? Sorry, Brother Miss Trimble. We were just getting acquainted. I know this family, these families, would love to see their family stay right here, don't you know? They're a, they're a close family. But I know God's going to be with you all. And I know God's going to be with you all. And I know you're supportive. But there's part of us humanly that it hurts. You know, even as a parent right now, to see your kids go off and do their own thing. I remember when they were little, it was, it was easier. Now we've got to trust God to take care of them. Isn't that right? And this is a big step in that way. But I know God has used you all to equip them and God's going to continue helping you all. It's wonderful. And I'm glad we all get to be a part of it together. I'm saying tonight, we are partners in his harvest. Let's stand together. Dear God, the opportunity that is before us It's truly overwhelming. And I thank you, Lord, that you are still at work to get the gospel to this world that is such in spiritual need and darkness. And I pray that, God, you'd help us right where we are to be sensitive to your leadership in every way. Lord, just like it was then in Macedonia, there was a man representing a whole people group that needed help. And I thank you that Paul was sensitive to the Spirit's leadership, that Macedonian call. And God, tonight I pray you'd help us to be sensitive to your leadership. I, I often see students gathered outside of Roosevelt Middle School and Grant High School, and it's obvious they're in spiritual need, and I pray you'd help us to reach as many as you enable us to reach, oh God, I know you care about every single one of them. And then the people that work in factories and businesses and offices, oh God, you care about them as well and you wanna use your church at Southwest Baptist Church to help reach them. And other churches here, like many that are here in the metro area, Victory Baptist and 
Beth Haven and other churches that are in this general vicinity, oh God, I pray you'd help us, Lord, in reaching others. God, now we're concerned and praying for the people of the Philippines and pray that you would please just use your servants to go following your leadership to reach more. In Jesus' name, amen. We're singing appropriately tonight. Page 494, wherever he leads, I'll go. Would you be sensitive to him as we sing tonight? Page 494.